Christian Pedersen here at the San Diego Prep Insider Studios. Glad you found your way back to talk more football with us. We're doing another league preview. This time the Eastern League. And I am joined. Oh my goodness, I'm glad to have somebody on the line with me finally. I don't have to do this all solo myself. Uh, I'm joined by Bodie De Silva. Bodie, you want to say what's up? Yeah, what's up? Good to be here. Bodie, um, before we get uh, into any football, I know that... Uh, you know, technically we're all adults and we're not in school anymore, but it's summer break for all of us here in San Diego, uh, high school sports fans, employees, everybody in this kind of universe. So, Bodie, uh, any big summer plans for you? Uh, I'm going to July to see Padres Cubs. Uh, going to Chicago in July to see Padres Cubs. But, oh, nice. Uh, that's really it for me. Hey, that's something big, man. Uh, first time yeah, in that'll Chicago? Be fun. No, but never been to Wrigley. So. Okay. Um True or false, deep dish pizza is overrated. I would, I, I'll probably eat it well on there, but I'd say it's overrated. Deal. Um, all right, so Bodie, uh, we will get to uh, things that are less hypothetical and more realistic, and that is high school football. Um, Eastern League football is our topic this time around. That is, uh, let's see, what do we got here? We got. We want to do this alphabetically. Christian, La Jolla, Mira Mesa, Morse, and University City. Right now, everybody is 0-0. No one's in first. No one's in last. Everybody, it's the, this is our season, hypothetical. Everyone's trying to scratch out 8 to 10 wins somehow. Uh, you know, if we beat this team, this team loses that. Everyone loves to play the math games in the offseason. So what Bodie and I are going to do for you guys out there is we're just going to kind of run you through how we see it breaking down for each one of these teams. So, just to be clear, we are doing this alphabetically to show no favoritism. We've also kicked Tommy Morris out of the booth, so he can't bring any University City favoritism in here. Um, yeah, so we'll start with the Christian Patriots. 10-2 and two last season, a clean and crisp 4-0 and oh in league. Here's what we got for, Chris, for, for Christian. They're going to start at home versus Santa Fe Christian, then go on the road to De Anza. That is a, an out-of-section game. Then host Soldanta from Alaska at home, on the road at Monta Vista, home versus Central and University City. UC is a league game. At Mira Mesa for a league game, home versus Morse, home versus Cathedral Catholic, and then on the road at La Jolla to close out the season with one more big league game. I personally always love the the backloaded league schedule, especially with uh, the hypothetical of it could all be on the line that last yep. league game. Bodie, anything stand out to you uh, in this lineup? Yeah, I mean, I, I like seeing um, a team from Alaska come down here. That'll obviously be a great experience for them. I, anytime you get a San Diego team that plays one or two out of section games, I like that early on. To um, you just you want to see someone different. Maybe you compare to how you are to an out of section team. And just get a different feel. I mean, odds are you've played these teams in seven on seven or a scrimmage, and you're so familiar with friends at another school. It's good to good to see someone from out of town every once in a while. So last year, Christian, like we said, ten and two, and I mean the, the points for versus points against was 150 more points for. They got it done pretty efficiently, both on the ground and through the air. 160 passing yards, 140 rushing yards. Bodie, do you see this team switching up to be more of a passing or more of a running team this year? I, I mean, I, I look at the roster, I look who's coming back, and I, I see the big, to me, standout potentially being Javier Jimenez, their running back. Uh, 
I mean, he's he's graduated. I, I see that a lot of their running game and I mean, basically a lot of their offense graduated last year. So do you see anything on the radar one way or the other? Or is this going to remain a balanced team? Yeah, so um, they have a, a, a new quarterback this year. He's a junior, Gabe Krug, that recently picked up an Arizona State offer. Um, he was at St. Augustine last year. So um, I I think with him and um, kind of the – he's blown up recently, we'll say. So a um, couple of recent offers for him. I think that they'll try and get the ball in the air um, and, and really showcase him with, with them losing uh, two guys at the quarterback spot and, and a lot on the ground. So um, I would think that they'll become more of a passing team, but you got to have guys to throw to as well. So. so I'm looking up and down right now, and I see, I see a couple things standing out to me. One, that Cathedral Catholic game, that is a beast to have that late yep. in the season. To me, that's something that if you're going to have to play Cathedral Catholic, which you don't have to, so credit to Christian <laughs> for going yep. way up in the in the weight classes and, and saying, hey, we want to take somebody on. But if you're going to play someone like that, you usually want to get it out of the way early so that most, if not all, of your guys are healthy. To play them that late in the season I mean, that is a truly, you know, tip the hats to them. But to me, that's a trap game. And then also, you know, I view I view Central as a trap game. I, I think that mm. when when you look at a schedule as a player, you, you tend to get real excited about the teams you know. And to me, they're looking at University City, Mira Mesa, Morse, a three weeks in league run. And I think that, oh, man, I just, I look at that and I go, if I was playing, I know I'd be excited to to start popping pads with the teams that I I know, and especially a team like that I don't know in in Central. I think I'd you know I'd be worried as the coaching staff that my players are going to overlook that a little bit. So I see Central as a as a as a big question mark. I see Cathedral Catholic as a big question mark. And then other than that, man, in league, it's going to be a dogfight this year. But to me, Mira Mesa being the biggest of those threats. So I'm looking up and down, and I, I see this as maybe a, a Granted, this comes with a huge asterisk if we are so far away from the season that this is just for your entertainment sake, San Diego. But I see this as somewhere in the range of a seven and three, uh, maybe a six and four season. Yeah, I was going to say six and four. I mean, it, I think at the end of the year, this is a schedule that will that, that will definitely favor them uh, in max preps ratings and all the strength of schedule ratings. Um, I think you brought up a good point with Central. Oftentimes, when um, a team closer to San Diego hosts one of the Valley teams that they'll take them lightly. Uh, in Christian's case, they'll have a week off in between. Uh, but still, uh, Central for them, I mean, it's it's a long it's a long journey anytime they come out. But but Christian's not. I mean, it's, it's a little shorter than maybe uh, traveling all the way to the coast. But uh, and then Cathedral, I mean, uh, as you said, playing them late is is a tough ask. And really, when you still have another league game after, you hope that a school like Christian that isn't going to have the biggest roster to begin with, just has enough guys to, to get out there and fight for that game. It is something, though, that you brought up uh, in strength of schedules. So credit to Christian for going out there because I see this as one of the hardest schedules of anybody in this league. Granted, that comes with huge question marks of De Anza and Soldanta from Alaska are both teams that it's hard to, to, to chop it up about. Yeah, we just don't know at this point. And, and I mean, we really don't know about an Alaska team because there's no comps. DeAnza, you can go back a couple years <laughs> yeah. and start to look at some other teams in the southern se- and, and L.A. city sections and Arizona area that 
they've all had chances to play, and, and you can sort of draw some inferences, but Soldanta, it's tough for high school reporters like ourselves to, to come up with something <laughs> like that. All right, so Brody and I seem to be both in somewhat a, agreement of, of, of around a 7-3, and three, a 6-4, and four, but with a huge strength of schedule rating for Christian. So let's go one down now to the La Jolla Vikings. And, uh, I mean, this was a team last year that, with Coach Tyler Roach at the helm, they showed flashes. They had uh, one of the more amazing wins, if you will, in in maybe high school sports history, uh, robbing one from Scripps Ranch late in the game. And then, uh, you know, they, they would be close. They would get blown out. They'd be close and get blown out. But one thing to me that really stood out was a 17 to nothing win over University City. And that being a league game... You know, you, you, you look at that and you go, huh, man, there, there's something that this team was working with. They had a lot of the young kids like Max Smith that man, they, they were Coach Roach. You, you got to give a coach credit when he puts young kids out there and is willing to say, okay, learn now on the job and trust that we'll be better in years to come. So here's what they have. Uh, they will open the season with a scrimmage at Hilltop. Then the official games get going at Bishops, home versus Mission Bay, home versus Santa Fe Christian, home versus Del Norte, at Scripps Ranch, at Mira Mesa, home versus Morris, home versus Lincoln, at University City, home versus Christian. Bodie, react to the schedule. Yeah, I mean, starting off with Bishops, uh, obviously Tyler Buckner is going to be returned now uh, after missing all, essentially all of last year, so that's a tough game. Uh, Santa Fe Christian always brings it, so that's another tough game. And um, and then when you get into league, going back to last year, I mean that that University City result is is a big surprise, obviously with a University City team that that's really known for their offense. They'll put up points; they may not always stop you, but uh, shutting them out is a is a very impressive thing to do. So I looking up, I look up and down this, and I see. I see a ton of question marks uh, in terms of this was a three and seven team last year, like we said, that had a lot of youth returning. So you hope to project upwards with the talent, but I also see a lot of question marks in terms of who they're going to be playing against mission Bay Hmm. from what we have seen them at their height to what they were last year, a large difference. Also mission Bay, a ton of turnover in terms of coaching staff, in terms of losing players the last couple of years. So when you got a program like that on the schedule, you just can never really know going into the season. Is this going to be a bounce back year where we just don't realize what Mission Bay is working with? You like to look at that and say, okay, that's probably a win, but you never know. Del Norte is another one where Del Norte was a really tough team last year that ended up putting together a nice little season, played tough in some really big games, but it was done with a lot of seniors. So that's another question mark. And then late in the season to have uh, have that you know, break from league play to play Lincoln. Mm. That, to me, runs somewhat parallel to uh, to the Cathedral Catholic game that, that Christian had in that it's a tough game. It's good for the strength of schedule. But Lincoln, we've also seen them in the past have some struggles with keeping guys healthy. On on yeah. on both sides of the ball and Lincoln, CIF champs, state champs. There's no more question about whether or not they can do it. There just becomes this kind of persistent question of, 
you know, you catch a team at the right week, you catch a team at the wrong week, and that's just one where Lincoln they'll have a little bit of they'll have a little bit of turnover, but they have so many influx of transfers this year that you would think that that's going to be a chance for them to play a Lincoln team that could be another huge strength of schedule loss. Where I'm looking at this, and I see somewhere about a five and five team, you know, maybe a four and six team, five and five somewhere in that range, but with the the question mark of the Del Norte one could be a win. And Lincoln, if they don't have all of their pieces, you know, how are they reacting mid to late in the season like that? That could be a trap game for Lincoln to play against La Jolla the way that that University City game was. So I see five and five somewhere around that. Bodie, what do you see? Yeah, I think pretty similarly, uh, especially with the Lincoln game. I think once the, the season starts and we see a full number of roster uh, spots, that'll kind of help know where come week eight, nine, ten, are you dealing with 30 guys you starting with? Are you up to 50? Uh, just, I mean, there's going to be injuries, whether it's key guys or not, uh, you never know. But, um, yeah, I think I think four and six, five and five, somewhere uh, maybe a game hinges one way, uh, the other way. I mean, obviously you'd love to start off uh, with a win over Bishops because I think they could get Mission Bay week two. So a 2-0 and start would be uh, a really good start, obviously. but um, Bishops is is not going to be an easy one for sure, and that's a team that's that's played some bigger public schools in years past, so they'll be ready. As much as I would love to come up here in Lambast and say that oh they'll they'll <laughs> roll Bishops and the La Jolla is taking the Bay back or you know taking La Jolla back, that one just to me with what we saw from some of the pieces that Bishops had last year and they were getting mm. it done without Buckner. Yeah, got to think that with a with a bigger, stronger now Notre Dame committed Buckner going in, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to stop that offense this year. And and you know, granted, La Jolla, a lot of young guys like we mentioned a couple times on that defense last year, they could mature and they could grow into something very scary. But it, to me, that also you know sort of smacks of they need to have something that sticks with them a little bit this season and probably getting whooped into shape by Tyler Buckner is what is what gets <laughs> them into shape. Let's move on to the Mira Mesa Marauders. Coach Tompy comes back last year, takes the Mecca back to, uh, I won't say it's former glory because they weren't you know, state champs rivaling everybody, but they were pretty darn close to resurrecting the program entirely in one season, making it to a CIF championship game. They will open up the season with a scrimmage at Helix. Then they get going at Grossmont, at San Marcos, home versus Scripps Ranch, home versus Mount Carmel, at Steel Canyon, home versus La Jolla, home versus Christian, at University City, at Morse, home versus Madison. Bodie, take it away. Yeah, I mean, the Helix game, obviously... uh is the first one you look at there is the, the well and that and I, I believe that's actually a scrimmage though so yes yeah they open it with um, a scrimmage yeah I mean Grossmont week one tough one San Marcos really sticks out to me that'll be a new coaching staff uh two teams that are that are needing to bring in new quarterbacks with both their quarterbacks heading off to the division one level so um that's the that's the top game that sticks out for me that'll that I think will tell us um a lot about Mira Mesa because San Marcos has a bunch of guys coming back, a bunch of guys at skill positions, um, Scripps Ranch, Mount Carmel. I mean, these are these are teams that I think Mira Mesa is just better on better on paper then. Um, and but then when you move you move even into league and uh, and then they'll end the year with Madison, which is 
a big rival of theirs and, and certainly never an easy game. But um, San Marcos is the early one that I think will tell us a lot about this Mira Mesa team. I absolutely love Thompson and his his attitude, his energy, but also just his scheduling. Helix, mm. Grossmont, San Marcos, and to close out with Madison – yeah, that is pretty much him doing everything he can, short of calling up De La Salle, Modern Day, and everyone in the Trinity League, and just doing doing the rock or or or, or the neo gif of just the come bring it. I love. Yeah, this. there's nothing more you could ask there. And, and and you'll have we we've talked about one game in these previous two seasons or yeah schedules of. of Oh, the Cathedral Catholic. Oh, the Lincoln game brings that that bona fide strength of schedule element to it. Look at this schedule, man. This is this is how you don't waste a moment in resurrecting a program and and taking it where you want to be. I absolutely love this because looking through it, you mentioned you know San Marcos, like you said, has some quarterback questions. Uh, Madison ultimately will have questions with no more Keenan Christian. They'll always be good. San Marcos probably will always be good. Steel Canyon has been very, very talented with people yep. that basically nobody knows the last three years. Um, but you look at this at the same time, they could be an 8-2 and two team and have amazing strength of schedule because they catch Grossmont on and off you know, Grossmont has historically kind of had streakiness to it, but Grossmont plays in a really tough league, so they always get huge points in league. San Marcos, they could catch them down, still trying to figure everything out with a new coach, and, and they could rattle off a bunch of wins against team that pick up speed later in the season. So I see this as as long as Mira Mesa can figure out a, a quarterback who is I'll say even 70% competent. I don't think they need somebody that is going to be an all-star freak of nature the way Noah Tumlin was. It's great to have somebody like Noah Tumlin, but honestly, it's it's very hard to consistently recreate somebody who is, you know, basically a greased watermelon. You just can't tackle yeah. the guy. <laughs> like, you, you you have that, you know, with, an, with a legitimate arm – it's it's hard to keep recreating that guy on on the just next man up type mentality. So if they can get somebody in there who can just help adopt Chris Thompson's quarterback whispering abilities and, and get something good, I see this as an eight and two Mira Mesa squad that is uh that is rumbling back into the playoffs and, and really messing up some people's seasons in terms of Grossmont, San Marcos. And and I'll also say that Mount Carmel, they're they're on the way back up, but I think that that will be one that's a, you look at that one, you kind of go, ooh, ouch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you talk about Noah, thirty five touchdowns total last year, only one interception. I I think it'll be a little tougher um, to kind of find even as a group effort to to find ways to score uh, without him. But I think even at worst, we're talking a six and four team, probably a seven and three team. So. So um, you're, you're a little cooler on Mira Mesa than I am, it would seem. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, you open with Grossman. I think they're going to be ready to play. I don't think Sam Marcos is a guaranteed win, and, and I mean, Steele and Madison. So I, I mean, I think, I think they'll probably lose two, maybe three of those, and, and then that would be guaranteeing a, 
um, a sweep through league. So I think six and four, maybe seven and three is where I'd go with them. All right, let's keep it on moving to the greatest show on turf, a.k.a. the defending CIF champ, Morse Tigers, Tracy McNair. I don't know if he actually even threw the ball with any enthusiasm <laughs> no in the in the in the championship game last year. Um there was a couple of, they called a couple passes but I don't think he wanted to. Uh, but he finally punched his ticket into the championship winner's circle in in what had to have been one of the the more entertaining fashions. Uh, the defense got it done big, the offense got it done big. The last couple of years they have had Tons and tons and tons of talent on the offensive side, but the defense, uh, the youngest of the Irbys, Cavassier Irby, kind of stepping up big, having some sacks. That to me was the surprise, and that to me carrying over how young their defense was last year gets me excited about this team this year. So let's let's run you through the schedule. They open up the season at Patrick Henry, home then versus Kearney versus Vista on the road at Hilltop at Chula Vista, home versus St. Augustine. On the road at La Jolla, home versus Christian, home versus Mira Mesa, home versus University City. So an entirely traditionally backloaded league schedule with four games in a row, including three homestands. Is that smart coaching by Trace, or is that smart schedule? Like, like that seems to me like a veteran savvy move right there to load the schedule like that. Yeah, I mean six six home games and and really. I mean, three out of four at one point on the road. So um, not many bus trips for this team. And um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of teams that I think they are that they're going to be in games with and, and will beat. I mean, St. Augustine's will be a, a preseason top five, if not higher team. But um, everyone else on that that list is is very beatable, I think. I also would highlight Vista as a real tough win. I hmm. think that we saw in the postseason last year. Uh, Vista, they put up some huge numbers. Uh, I mean, primarily there was the game against Bishops where I believe it was, uh, what was it, 50-something points? Uh, 42 against Bishops. I mean, they we, we, we've seen some some big wins. Uh, they Let's see, what did we have last year? I'm pulling up Bishops' schedules last year. Bishops, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Vista. Last year with a 42-20 win over Morse. A uh, 49.49-7 win over Del Norte, a 41-21 win over Westview. So Vista last year, I think, kind of had a little bit of an under-the-radar season because they, you know, you end up kind of everybody that's in that loses in the quarters and semis round ultimately gets washed out of the memory. But Vista, Hmm. to me, is another tough one to kind of go along with that St. Augustine game where you just look at that and that just becomes a heavyweight brawl with two teams that really want to run the ball. And and that's where this defensive line from, from Morris is going to have to continue what they closed out the season with last year in terms of the pr- production. I look at this, though, and I look at, I, you know, I look at Kearney is a huge question mark with some of the guys that they graduated. And, hmm. and you know, I love Coach Verlaine and everything that he does offensively, scheme-wise, I'm sure they'll be ready to produce. But you just wonder if they can produce quite at the same level they were producing at last year. So that becomes a question. Oh, man, I, you know, I I just, I I cannot get over how much I love the backloaded league schedule. And I think that even 
even if every other team is coming into this hot, you got to look at playing three league games at home in a row to close out the season. Just mentally puts Morris on a really comfortable position. So I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say an, a, a seven and three team right here, eight and two, somewhere in that range. How about you? Yeah, I think I think seven and three, eight and two is exactly where I'm at with them. Uh, they they ran for 4,800 yards last year, which is really incredible. Although they only return about 700 of those, but that's still a significant number. It could be a lot lower. And and on defense, they return a ton of guys with sacks, a ton of guys with tackles for losses that some are even were just sophomores last year. So. Um, I think this is a team that, that really won't um, skip much of a beat at all. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think seven and three and two is right where they should be and uh, a really good seed heading into playoffs. You know, I, I think that that defense is what you hit on it is going to be just really interesting to watch develop this season because historically Morris wins the big high scoring run and gun shootout type games of we scored a ton, they scored a ton, we scored last we win. And yeah. <laughs> for them to, I think that this could be something where we look at it and the first first four weeks of the season, they could win some like 14 nothing, 7 nothing type games. And you just look at that and, you know, you dig a little deeper and then you realize, oh, wow, everyone on their defensive line has a sack. Everyone in their, you know, their linebacking core has a sack. Like you look at this and you, you could be seeing a very different Morse team this year than we have seen in the last couple years. Our last team in the Eastern League to talk about is the University City Centurions and coach Ryan Price. Uh, interesting to see what he can do this year uh, to one-up his personal accolades last year after uh, was putting up almost 60 on La Jolla Country Day and then going immediately to the sideline at the end of the game to propose to his girlfriend. Don't know, uh, maybe he'll get married at halftime of homecoming or something like that this season. Um, but in all seriousness, they will open up the season with a scrimmage at West Hills. And then the regular season gets going at Valhalla, home versus Bishops, at Mission Bay, home versus Modern Day Catholic, at Kearney, at Christian, home versus Point Loma, home versus Mira Mesa, home versus La Jolla, and then at Morse. So, Bodie... Uh, if you don't mind, I will go first here. Yep. Gunner Gray is the yeah. <laughs> season. I'm assuming that is going to be, uh, that is just, that is, that is, that is, that will be, that is all there is to be. Um, this is a team that last year, uh, uh, an interesting four and seven, or uh, in a five and seven, I apologize, but oh and four in league. I think that they had a lot of, of it needs to go to Casey Grandfors. It needs to go to Casey Grandfors. It needs to go to Casey Grandfors. And then we ended the season. And I I will preface some of this when I say the we as the general sports fan, not the people that are really in the know following, because Gunner had been a standout since passing league at SDSU the, you know, the previous summer. But I think we kind of finished the season going, Wow. That kid actually threw a ton. And, you know, now this summer he's been at some of the, the more elite upper echelon passing uh, tournaments for quarterbacks to be at. This season, I think it kind of flips and it becomes the quarterback who's the known commodity and the receiving core and running backs who are a little bit less known. And I really like that setup. As much as Casey Grandfors was amazing to watch and a, and a freak of nature type athlete, 
when you don't have one true bona fide go-to target when you line up, but you have a quarterback that can sling it to anybody, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's something that when I look at this, you know, they're they're going to have between Valhalla and Mission Bay and, you know, they're going to have some games that are winnable. They're going to need, though, I feel like one of two things. Either somebody on the defensive side is going to need to step up big and, and be a playmaker. Otherwise, this is going to require Gunner to throw 17,000 yards, 500 points a game, you know, to keep them in it. They're going to be, like we were saying, with more having to win all those high-scoring games. I look at this, and, and we might see a team that maybe only marginally improves in the regular season record, but hmm. come playoff time, they will be damn near impossible, which I love that we can say the words like damn now that we're on just a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, they'll be damn near impossible to game plan against because I think that just by the end of the season, Gunner will be such a solid commodity proven at quarterback. Am I, am I right on any of that or, or how do you see this? Yeah, so when I always look at teams before the year, one of the things that I always look for are the teams with the return quarterback. I just think that uh, in the high school game, especially for teams that are going to pass it, having a guy that's been through a year of starting is just is just really invaluable. Um, and I mean, not just because he he started, he threw for almost four thousand yards, he threw thirty nine touchdowns, um, he's he's being recruited, so uh, he's not just any quarterback that's just back for year two or year three. Um, now who steps up, that'll be the big question there, but, um, having multiple guys, hopefully that step up rather than just one main target is, is a very dangerous thing, as you said, but, um, I just teams with returning quarterbacks, I always, um, have a good outcome for them. I, I just feel it really, it really works out. I look up and down this, uh, this schedule and the, the other game to me that is just interesting is Point Loma and, mm. To me, that we, we talked about, I always say to me, of course it's to me, it's my voice, it's my opinions. I, I don't speak on behalf of anyone else. I'm, I apologize for that verbal tick. Uh, it, it, it's still the off season for us, folks. Um, Point Loma is a team that you look at, at the Cathedral Catholic, you look at the St. Augustine, you look at the Lincoln game, everything else that is, is the strength of schedule boost in this. Mm. I'd say modern day Catholic and Point Loma are the two strength of schedule games that that University City would hope that those two teams go up, up, up. I just don't know about Point Loma, and we will get into Point Loma later in this season when we, we when we talk about the Western League. But that is a team that graduated a fair amount of their offensive weapons and still has to play a very very heavy schedule, and that could be something that I think Point Loma or uh, that that uh, University City is angling for. Hey, we're going to get some some good strength of schedule out of that, but it could end mm. up underwhelming, not helping a ton. So I I don't see much wiggle room for University City here to bank on any sort of strength of schedule. So I see this as as, as probably a team that will have to go into the playoffs on the road hmm. unless they, unless by the end of the season Gunner Gray really truly is just single-handedly winning them games because I think 
you look at that that back end of the of the league schedule with Mira Mesa and Morse and Christian and Bishop, like that's four losses right there. So this is a five and five, maybe a six and four team, unless the Gunner Gray factor just takes this to eight and two, nine and one, something ridiculous like that. I see this as a team that needs to squeeze every last win because they're not going to get a ton of help on the strength of schedule. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think early on, I, you'd love to see that they're two and one after three games and um, and with modern-day Catholic and, and Point Loma is the really tough one where um, it's been not the middle of league, but early on in league, you got to go play something that, that doesn't mean as much and is a little different. And um, But yeah, I, I think, I think five and five is pretty accurate. Um, I if they were to get a home game for playoffs, that would definitely surprise me. But five and five, maybe six and four. But any team with a returning quarterback, that's that's always one that I'm more of a believer in. Okay, Bodie. We have talked about every team in the Eastern League. Thank you very much for all of that. I need to put you on the spot though and have a <laughs> way too early prediction for who you think is going to be league champ. And if you want to say a five-way tie for league champ, <laughs> I will let you do that. You know, I'm going to go I'm going to go with Morse. Um I they're the team I have the most confidence in. Uh I think even though they they won last year, there's still a bunch of younger guys that are going to be hungry and um that's that's the team at this point I just have the most confidence in. Sorry, I was looking through all my manuals right now to see which one of my sound effects is a uh, drum roll. Um, <laughs> can't find that one yet. So you say, Morris, oh, man, I want to be a contrarian uh, just for the sake of being able to tweet it out. But I, I just I love that defense early on of, of Morris. Mm. And I got to go with you, man. Can I, can I join you on the Morris bandwagon? Perfect. Is there room for one more? <laughs> So, I mean, after last year, after last year's run, maybe not, but we got to get on now. Fair enough. I'll, 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 be, I'll be in my Honda Accord driving after them, <laughs> honking, screaming, wait, wait for me. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, folks, that is the Eastern League football schedule, season preview, whatever you want to call it. I'm Christian Pedersen. The voice on the other end of the phone line was Bodie Da Silva. Bodie, where can they find you on social media? At SC Preps, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be back all summer long, previewing, breaking down, reflecting upon, making mistakes about all the different leagues. Thank you very much for tuning in, sports fans, and we will be back at you talking more high school football. Enjoy your summer break. We'll close you out with the sounds of the marching band, as always.